Okay, Pashas Toldos. Welcome to all those in Torah anytime. This is loosely connected to the Parsha, I have to admit. One particular sugya that kind of reminded me of this topic, which I've always wanted to explore, the sugya of Marisayan and Cheshad in Halacha. <clears throat> the story in the Parsha that it's relevant to is Yitzchak and Rivka when they go to Gror. The Torah tells us that Yitzchak and Rivka in Gror, he tells her, as Avram did with Sarah, tell them you're my sister, I don't want to get myself killed. Avimelech is a little suspicious, it seems, and sure enough, Avimelech sees through the window something which appears to be, which appears to be a husband and wife more than a brother and sister, raises suspicion. The Kliyakar spells out that it, an interesting point. He says that Avimelech was thinking the whole time, here you have, here you have Yitzchak Avinu is an older person already. He's not married. That's what he says. So he says, maybe something's up over here. Maybe this sister is not really his sister. So he's kind of spying on him. And sure enough, he sees them closing the windows. However, that indicates that they're living a husband and wife. is not entirely clear, but that seems to be the case. He says, There's something hidden over here. Something inside going on. Okay, and he looks in the window, etc. And that's the idea. So you see the idea here of suspicion, how we have to be so careful, people watching us, people thinking about us. Again, it's not exactly Marasayan, but it's a springboard for the topic. And uh, let's go to that sugya. As far as we can, again, we're not passing Shilas, but we're trying to get the background. Some of the sources, the Maramakomas, for this complex sugya, it is relatively complex, as I'll touch on the complexities in a few minutes. But let's just, some background over here to understand where we do say it, where we don't say it, why, why not. <clears throat> we'll start with a Mishnah in Masechah Shabbos. There are a number of places in Shas which talk about Marasayan and Cheshad, doing things, being careful, people are watching you and how it looks to others, even if I'm doing nothing wrong. The whole sugya realizes I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm doing 100% mutter. But what does it look to other people? This is where Marasayan and Cheshad come in. And those words are used by many in different ways, and we'll see if there's an afkamina between them or not. So the Mishnah in Shabbos talks about a case which is brought down the halacha. If somebody gets wet, his clothing gets soaked on Shabbos, one way or another, he falls in the swimming pool by mistake, or whatever it might be. So, that's a shiloh of carrying, I'm not going to get into that now. He gets to the chatzar achiton, he gets right into the town, so he could spread them out in the sun to dry. But he shouldn't do it in front of people. Rashi points out, he falls into the water on Shabbos, so he takes them off as soon as he can, to dry them out. He hangs them out in the clothesline. There's a fear. You hang out your clothes to dry, one might think it looks like that you did laundry, which is Asr Minatora on Shabbos. So this is one source of the idea, it seems, of Marisayan. You're not allowed to hang out your clothes in the clothesline on Shabbos because people get the wrong impression. They think that you've done laundry on Shabbos. Now, you didn't. You did everything fine. You happened to get wet. But nevertheless, since it gives off an impression of an Isra Diyaraisa, that's something which is Asr. Okay, that's one Gemara. The Gemara, though, continues and discusses an, another important halacha when it comes to Marisayan. If Yehuda says the name of Rav, any time that it's Usr, based on Maris then even if no one's around, I'm in the privacy of my own home, nobody's around, the shades are drawn, it's still Usr. That's the way the Isr is created. 
Different reasons are given, maybe because you never know who's really watching you, like the story of Avi Melech, or because you might come to do it the next time in front of people. But either way, it's also to do things that are also altmaris ayin. And this Gemara discusses, so why does it say keneged ha'am? It should be even without keneged ha'am. And it brings the machlokas tanoim, and we pask in that way. That even something which is not keneged ha'am is still also altmaris ayin, because that's the halacha. Maris ayin is also. If it's something which appears to be usr, it's usr even in the privacy of your own home. The classic example of that, I'll just throw out one classic example, good to know if you're not aware, is the idea of blood. Human blood is really mutter to eat. However, however, animal blood is not. And therefore, it's hard to tell the difference. So if I, for example, get a cut in my mouth and I'm eating a sandwich and there's blood on my bread, so since if it's in my mouth, no one could see anything, it's mamish hidden, it's even Chadri Chadarim is not an issue, Lagabe, that, because even Chadri Chadarim, even if it's public, no one can see what's in my mouth, they say. But let's say it's on the bread, but no one's around. So it's really mutter to take another bite of that burger because that blood is mutter to eat. However, Marisayan says you can't do that because it's hard to tell the difference between human blood, which is mutter, and animal blood, which is usr. And therefore, even the privacy, you're not allowed to do it. You have to take off that piece, rip off that piece. You can't eat some blood, even though it's human blood and be'ikr, it's mutter. But because of Marisayan, that's a classic example. Bechadri Chadarim, it's usr to do that. So that's, that's one halacha number one, and one source in Shas. So again, once it leaves your mouth, once it leaves your mouth, you cannot put it in as Marisayan. No. So once it, if it's in your mouth, in other words, something in, you're bleeding from your tongue, you're bleeding from your, then you're allowed to swallow that blood. Once it leaves your mouth, therefore it has an issue of marasayin because you, don't, you can't tell looking at it if it's your blood or an animal blood. So that's something, no, you, well, you're right, you, not because you know, right, you know, but it, you can't tell the etzem, you can't tell, so therefore it's also marasayin, even if no one's around. That's the halacha, and you got it, that's right. Okay, so that's classic example number one. Um, number two, speaking of blood, the halacha is as follows. Fish blood is mutter. There's no isra on fish blood, whatever exactly that looks like. What? Is there fish blood? Apparently there is. So fish blood is mutter. Fish blood, when it's amongst the fish, with the fish, seems to be no problem. Once you take that blood and put it into a cup, and now apparently it's not clear if that's fish blood or animal blood, which is usr. It's another example, the Gemara in Krisa says, Amarav dam dogim shekinsu usr. Once you gather the fish blood, it now becomes usr. Why? Rashi says, it's confusable with dam behemah. And the onlooker will say, oh, I see you can eat dam. So therefore, again, this is Marasayan, classic case. You can't eat fish blood in a cup because it's confusable. And therefore, that's something usher. And again, even b'chadre chadarim would be usher. Another example. Now, what I underline here, you take a look at two of these rashis, and you see this throughout the sugya, that sometimes you'll see the issue is one of Someone can see you and learn from you and, and think, oh, if he could do it, I could do it. And that's a, a svara behind Marisayan, svara number one. Someone might learn from your example and actually think it's mutter. And then there's svara number two, which Rashi seems to indicate in the first case. He doesn't say someone might learn from you that it's mutter to do laundry and Shabbos. He just says, yachshaduhu, they'll, they'll be choshed you, they'll suspect you of doing something usr, even if they're not going to learn from you. Everyone knows you can't do laundry. Oh, but I thought you were an upstanding from individual, and you're not. It makes yourself look lower in the eyes of people. That itself is an issue of Marisayan slash chashad. Okay, so there's two concepts so far we've touched upon. We'll get to a third one in a moment. The classic Mishnah, everyone knows this Mishnah by now, hopefully, the Mishnah in Shkalim, which is brings this to a, a high level here of how careful one has to be from people being choshed him to do something wrong. The Mishnah talks about the one who went into the Beis Hamikdash to take out the shkolim, to take out the money. 
they have to go into, in there and get the money out to purchase carbonos, whatever it might be. And over there, it says the Mishnah that you're not allowed to go in. The one who goes into the Lishcha to take out the Shkolim, he can't wear shoes, he can't wear hems or packets, he can't even wear tefillin, anything that would allow potentially to take a coin and slip it into the, into the packet, into the, the tefillin compartment, into the, the Rambam goes further, they used to talk to him the whole time so he shouldn't be able to put a coin in his mouth and another rivet says he couldn't have long hair, he could stick a coin in his hair, so all these things are forbidden because there's a potential chashat over there, people might think, oh, if he gets rich, the Mishnah says, how do you get rich? Oh, he must have siphoned off a few coins from the Beis HaMikdash. So this is how far a person has to be concerned not to allow people to think negatively of him. And again, there also, not because someone's going to see and say, oh, I see you're allowed to steal. The idea is that if anyone can say something negative that, oh, look at this, this guy became rich, I think he stole. So that itself is an issue that we're talking about. It brings the passing in Parashas Matos, which is the source in the Torah for such a concept. We're all familiar with this. You have to be clean in the eyes of Hashem. That's one category. And make sure that no Jews are looking down at you. Now when it goes to, gets into Goyim looking at you, you have the issue of Chil Hashem more. And we try to leave that out of it for now. I'd focus more on Jews are looking at you. That seems to be the case of Maris Ayin and Chshad. And again, the Pasuk says that. Or the Pasuk was saying, So we have sources in Sukkim that a person has to be clean in the eyes of people. Okay, so so far, this is some of the classic sources from Maris Ayin and Chshad. Now let's talk about <clears throat> these two different things. So Ramosha Feinstein, we're going to see a number of chuvas from Ramosha Feinstein on this subject. He has a number of chuvas on it. And he tries to clarify for us some of the parameters. Unfortunately, it's not crystal clear. But Ramosha Feinstein does lay out for us, he's not the, he's, people say different things about this, but how do we deal with the fact that you find in Chazal something called Marisayan and something called Chashad? You have to be concerned about Chashad. So are those the same thing, different things? Some people say it's interchangeable, it's the same thing. Others say different ideas what the difference is. Ramosha Feinstein, he holds, he feels, based on his knowledge of Shas and Poskim, that the difference is what I said before. Maris Ayin, this is the paragraph on the side two of the sheet, I apologize I didn't put numbers on the actual Marimakomos, but side two of the sheet, the bottom right over here, or the right side towards the bottom, so Ramosha Feinstein here, Shnei and Yonim, I underline, there are two types of things. If a person is going to look at you and end up being mezalzal in that Isser, because he's going to learn from your way, that's Maris Ayin. Okay? That's Maris Ayin. If a person is not going to learn from your way for whatever reason, but he'll just look down at you and consider you lower than you should be, he says, oh, I can't believe you do that. That's terrible. That's chashad. Okay, that's Ramosha Feinstein's way of setting this up. Marisayin, when they learn from you, and chashad is when you just look bad in the eyes of people. He links chashad to the pasuk of Yisim Nekiyah Hashem Yisrael, which might actually be the Diraisa because of that. And Marisayin is more likely to be Dirabonim. At the same time, he himself seems to say, when it comes to these things, we treat it in halacha as derabanon. Again, it could be he's talking about the maris ayin component. This gets a little gray. But he seems to say, like for example, he says, a suffolk maris ayin lakula. Why? Because halacha, we seem to deem maris ayin as a derabanon type of thing. Derabanon and xera don't do things in the eyes of people they might learn from you. So if it's a suffolk derabanon, there's room to be more makel. It's important when you get to the parameters of halacha, what's okay, what's not okay. So that's what he's... The tshuva over here, by the way, and we'll get back to this a little later is the context of a person, in the olden days, apparently this is more common, but they had a reform shul in town, this was cropping up in America in the 1950s and 60s, and someone wanted to go into a reform shul to have an orthodox minion in a side room. But he's going through the reform shul. And that was the shaila, is that okay? Is it a problem? Maris Ayin. 
And he says, for various reasons, you have to stay away from that. Be very, very careful with that. He says, it would be an issue of Myers Ayan. People will think from you that, oh, you're allowed to go to Reform Shul when you're not. And that's what he says. Okay, he says, that, that's why he says, even though Suffolk Myers Ayan might be Mekel, but certain situations, you have to be more Machmer anyway because of something which is likely that people confuse it more. We'll get back to that a little bit later. Right? This is where it gets very gray. But this is one case he's talking about. And the parameters of Chshad and Marasai, and that's the way he sets it up. Okay, so far so good, I hope. Let's go on. Now, what's tricky is, so if, is it Yerais or Rabbanon? So he pretty much looks at it, the postkim seem to look at it Rabbanon, which has halakha ramifications, as we said. Um, now, the other thing is that um, the parameters get gray. We have to see is it subjective? Are there objective rules to it? Every scenario has to be looked at individually and judged. Is there Myrosine, not Myrosine? Or do we just say, no, clear cut. That's what it is. You'll say a reason why it's not Myrosine. So that's where we have to get a little bit clarity. As we'll see, I'm happy to find that I wasn't the only one that's confused about this because it's very confusing. And uh, Mishnah Halacha is here on the left side. So this is, this is um, I think his name was, was that Diane Weiss? I forget exactly his name. But anyway, so he says over here, the shaila that he was dealing with was the margarine on, on meat shaila. Okay, margarine could look like butter. Is that an issue of marasayan? So in that shaila, just as the hakdama here, the bottom left over here, he says, imutur lechel margarine impas besudas basar, or do you have to be concerned marasayan? So he starts saying, bedin marasayan hadvaram mesubachim ma'od. It's very confusing. Ukumat einlehem yesod mugvul beposkim. It's almost like there's no straight up simple yesodos in the poskim. And sometimes we find that they make a chilek between, between something which is b'chadre chadarm, not b'chadre chadarm. Sometimes it makes a difference if it's in public. Sometimes not make a difference if it's in public. He throws that in there. He says it requires an arichas gadola and a tremendous clarity, which time does not allow. And even after that, he says, it still wouldn't be so clear. So as Baruch Hashem, I found that. I actually called Rabbi Best this morning. I like to do that if I remember after preparing a sugya, a lachik sugya, to run a few things by him to see. Baruch Hashem gives me some time. It's very nice. And when I said, I'm, just, I'm learning the sugi, I want to give a share in Marasayan, so his response was, uh-oh. So I got that from him also. And I asked a few Shiloh's, but again, he, he felt it's, it's complex. It is, it's not so simple. As I mentioned, along the way, some of these Shiloh's that come up, which are not so pushit. But what I'd like to clarify, at least, is the Yisodos, some of the Yisodos, some of the fundamentals in the poskim of what might help us with Marasayan, what's more likely to be a problem, what less likely to be a problem. Again, each case has to be looked at individually. We all know the classic cases, and we'll try to get to those cases eventually, the case of I, I want to go to the bathroom at McDonald's, or can I do a business meeting, get a soda at McDonald's, or I want to do a business meeting, I need to go to a business meeting with, with Goyim in a non-kosher restaurant, I'm not going to eat, of course, but I'm walking in there. Or, for example, the old... Um, mock crab and the like, and then cheeseburgers and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't, it's not really meat, it's not really milk, but is that a problem? So those are some of the classics. What's that? Yeah, okay, so we'll get to that, we'll touch that as well. Um, so those are some of the, the, um, the classics. We'll hopefully, after we understand the principles, we'll try to apply them and see if we get some clarity. Now, interestingly, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's not. It was just a loose connection. That's what I said. Yeah, it's just a springboard. I was just always wanted to do that. When I saw that topic, I said, hey, this is like Myrosine. I saw it's not really. But the idea is that he, was, he wasn't concerned enough that Avimelech was watching him, and you see that that caused the problem, so to speak. He caught him. You know, he thought he was no one no noticed after a while. You know, he got away with his scheme, and he didn't get away with the scheme. So here, I'm doing this. You think no one's watching? That's all. Just a loose connection. Okay? Yeah, don't, don't, don't hold me to that one. <laughs> That was Ayan Hara. That was Ayan Hara. That's a separate topic. 
yeah, I mean, that's a question of you want to be private to not to cause Ayanara. That's it's up, another good thing to do. But this is more, there, no one did anything wrong. Or no one would think you're doing anything wrong, right? Here, you're not doing anything wrong, but people might think you're doing something wrong. So it's a different thing. Okay? So, so kind of that. So that's just, you know, now, one, just for the record, that people quote it in, in, in the Mara Makomos, the Sefer Hasidim says a third idea behind it. So far, we have two. Ramosha Feinstein says, Mara Science, someone's going to learn from you. Cheshad is, it looks bad in the eyes of people. You have to be concerned for that. Even if no one will look for you, they look down at you. Sefer Hasidim throws in another loop over here, another curveball over here. He says, discussing a case where somebody's giving a woman something privately, so it doesn't look so good. So he says, you're causing other people to be down the kavchov. You're causing people not necessarily to see you in the cleanness of light. So you're like lifting iver on down the kavchos, which is an obligation of the Torah, but not everyone's going to do that. And therefore, another reason why you have to be careful in the eyes of people, because you're a go-rain for them to down the kavchov. Now, which is important to point out that as much as all the outside viewers have to be down the kavschus, and that's for sure true, but we find, nevertheless, I have to do my best, assuming they're not going to be down the kavschus, and they're going to be down the kavchov, and I'm doing my best, but you have to do your super best to make sure that they don't, even though they have to. Right? In other words, the fact that they have a mitzvah of down the kavschus doesn't change that from my perspective, I've got to do the best I can that no one can be down the kavchov. Okay? That's just something to clarify. Yeah. Right. So, so Maris Ayin starts with when you are seen, but the Gemara says anytime it's us or else Maris Ayin, you can't do that in the privacy of your own home. The reasons given are two. Either because you might forget next time and do it in front of people, and otherwise you never know who might be seeing you through the window or something like that. That's the idea. So those are two explanations for why. But that seems to be clear. The halacha seems to be... Now again, that concept, the Chorah doesn't apply to certain situations. Like going into the restaurant to buy a soda... That's not an issue of chadre. It's a question, is that Marisayan, not Marisayan? There's no chadre chadorm. There's no inner chambers privacy in that case. Classically, it'd be a food type of item. Like at the classic case, maybe you came in a bit late, but the classic case of that is blood on my bread. So human blood is mutter to eat, believe it or not. Mutter to eat, but animal blood is not. They look the same. So you can't eat human blood once it leaves your mouth on something because it looks to the other outsider that this might be animal blood. So no one's around. Let me take a bite of that sandwich. So the halacha is you can't. Why? Because once it's usher, if people were watching, it becomes usher even in the privacy of your own home. Okay? So now, let us, let us begin some of the halachas in Shulchan Aruch, which bring this out. Um, okay. Oh yeah, and one other classic example, of course, is the pyre of ice cream, the non-dairy creamers. So let's get some of the guidelines in this, okay? And I'm sure we're familiar with what seems to be the Minigah Olam, and probably we know a little bit about it, but a lot of this is confusing, I think, what, what exactly is the rules and why, so let's try to clarify. So the Shulchan Aruch here in Pei and Yaradeya, this goes back to 1500s, so he talks about the case of almond milk. Okay, almond milk looks like regular milk, and he's discussing the idea of mixing the almond milk with meat or chicken. Page three, Page three yeah. So in, in Simon Pei the Shulchan Aruch talks about mixing this almond milk with, with, um, with meat, meat or chicken. So it's important to point this out right now, as we'll see, that what is the Maris Ayin case that we're thinking about or talking about? In other words, what's the Isser that some might accuse me of doing? Is it an Isser de Araisa? Isser de Rabbanon? Does it make a difference? Okay, again, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, not, I'm, I'm doing mutter. But what does it look like to people that I'm transgressing? And Isra Diyaraisa, Isra Diyarabonon. So it's important to realize... So, so that's... A, so Maya Sain, we're, generally speaking, we look at it as the whole Isra Maya Sain is an Isra Diyarabonon. Yeah. 
pretty much. It seems like, again, but chashad might be deraisa, which confuses things, but let's assume it's the Rabbanon for practical purposes. But now we're talking about, is there an Isra Maris Ayin on something which people think I'm doing a Durabana, right? So, or it only may be a deraisa. Because a little bit you could say it's xero xero, right? We know the concept, so do we say that or not? Okay? Oh, so, so in terms of Hilchas Basar V'cholov, we don't have time for all the halachas, but in terms of the Isra Diyaraisa of Basar V'cholov, it's really only Diyaraisa by regular meat, not chicken, and even meat, if you have it with milk itself, if they're both cold, it's still not Diyaraisa, because Derech Bishel Asr Torah. The Isra Diyaraisa of Basar V'cholov eating, well, it's an Isra to cook them together, and it's an Isra to eat them when they were cooked together. In other words, if I have a burger with a glass of milk, it's not Asr Minat Torah. Okay, we shouldn't do this. It's obviously also midrabbanon, but it's important to realize the difference because that plays a role in halacha. So almond milk with meat is, depending, if you cook it together, you put your almond milk in your meat dish, that would be an isra diaraisa and a maris ayin on a diaraisa. So, so almond milk is not, us, if, what it looks like is diaraisa, right? It looks like cow milk. So that is a diaraisa, and therefore maris ayin for sure applies there. How about almond milk with chicken, which is only a diaraisa if it's real? Right? No, you see, it's chicken, right? Good, good point, and that's true. They discussed that. Isn't there a whole xer of chicken because they might confuse, confuse it with meat? Okay, but let's, that gets more complicated. So, anyway, so the Ramah Paskins, interesting Ramah, he says, unlike meat with almond milk, which of course is a problem with Marasayan, but the Ramah says, Nagulasos Chalov Mishkedim, the meaning is in my town, in my place where I live, that people make this almond milk. And they mix it with chicken. Because only midrabbanon, as opposed to basar behema. So by basar behema, they put a simon. If they want to mix the almond milk with the meat, they'll put the almonds nearby or mix it in with the milk. And that the shows, everyone knows it's just not real milk, it's fake milk. And that's one of the ways around marasain, you demonstrate that that's not what you think. But by chicken, he says, you don't need to do that. Because the whole thing is rabbanon. Marasain and rabbanon, eh, no big deal, says the Ramah. So it seems. Okay? Okay, good. So that might come in a second. No, but you make it obvious. You put it in the eye. They discuss how good of a simon do you need. Does it have to be the almonds in the milk? Can the almonds be next to the milk? Is it okay to just make a sign? That is discussed in the postgame. But there's a concept of making a simon to get around my sign. Okay? But your point, though, I think will be well, well taken in a moment. So that's the Ramah. The Ramah seems to have a leniency. And what we're doing now for the next few minutes is building up some of the kulos that are out there. Doesn't mean we go with this Ramah, as we'll see in a moment. The Shach argues. But it's something to rely on, possibly. It's something that adds to the equation. Like the postgame, when they look at a Shiloh, so they know the Ramah, they know the Prichadosh, they know what I'm about to quote in the next couple of minutes. So those things help make Marasayan more lenient. Okay, so one thing to be aware of is the Ramah. The Ramah says, Marasayan, Durabonim, eh, no such thing. The Shach argues, any Durabonim. He seems to say a rule. Marasayan, Durabonim, that's the case he's talking about. No Marasayan. The Shach argues, he brings a Raya. The Shach says, one of the classic cases of Marasayan, a person taking his animals to the marketplace. So he says, Mekach and Memkar, doing business on Shabbos, talking about a Shabbos case, is only the Rabbanon. It looks like you're doing that, and there's a Marasayan issue. So one of the cases the Gemara brings about bringing your animals, walking with your animals in the street with a bell, something that looks like business. So the whole Isser there, which seems only the Rabbanon, and yeah, it's a classic case of Marasayan. So he's asking Kashas from the Gemara to slug up the Ramah, and therefore he goes on to say the Ramah is wrong, the Shach, and we usually go with the Shach, if the Machlok is Shach and Ramah. So we say there is Marasayan by the Rabbanon. Okay? However, there's one more Maramokam on this, so if the Pisgah Tshuva brings, that Lechora, you could say Pshat and the Ramah, Again, it's not clear what the Ramah means. He says, maybe the Ramah means, like you said, Yitzi, that maybe the Ramah means 
He's talking about when you're making almonds with your chicken in your own home, like privately. You're in your own home, so you're b'chadrei chadarim, so that extra step of marasayin, anadarabonon, that far we don't go. If you're in public, a lot of people around, maybe that's what the Ramon means. He doesn't mean to do away with marasayin anadarabonons, because as the Shach proves from the Gemara, of course it's marasayin anadarabonons. But marasayin, b'chadrei chadarim, the extra chumrah of even the privacy, oh, no one's there, normally we say you're not allowed to do that, that's by the Arises. But by the Rabbonons, then we could say that that would be okay since it's only the, since it's only the Rabbonon and no one's around together. That's a Pischei Tshuva. Okay? So some people use that. Amaris Ayin in your own home, when it's only the Rabbonon, if the thing is, now blood is not the Rabbonon. Animal blood is the Ereisa. So that wouldn't help you with the blood on the burger, on the bun, right? But if it's a Rabbonon by nature, like the almond milk case, one could say perhaps in your privacy, your own home, you could rely on the Pischei Tshuva and therefore it takes away Amaris Ayin in that case. Okay? I hope we're being clear here. Okay, that's, that's, that's heter, so to speak, number one, or one leniency in Marasayan. The second one is a fascinating prechadosh, and it's a long piece over here, but in short, what he says is, and this too is not relied on straight up halacha lamaisa, but it does work into the sugya. The prechadosh says that we look at Shas, we see a number of cases of Marasayan. One is the case that we saw in Kriesus about the fish blood to regular blood. Okay, that's one case. We saw the hanging out clothes on Shabbos. These are cases Chazal deemed as Marasayan, in Chazal, and there's a number of them. But something which you don't find in Chazal itself, do we start on our own creating any scenario of Marasayim with any Isra in the Torah because I decided that it might look bad? He says no. He says, I underline some of the key lines. The Prechadah says, he says, you could be makel with this whole thing, he says, a chicken and milk. You know why you could be makel? He says, because that we don't find in Chazal. You don't find that example. We find blood and blood. We don't find, the, they didn't have almond milk at the time of Chazal. The minig is by the Ramah. So therefore he says, so he, he marshals this, this, this chiddush, big chiddush in Marasayan, that we don't create our own, you have to find a source in Chazal, then it's an issue. If it's not, we don't just create our own Marasayan concept. And they bring this as an example, they say, going back to the restaurant, Shiloh, apparently, I mean, I can't prove this, but they say there were no really restaurants in the time of Chazal. Well, yeah, he's arguing. It's him he argued. And 100%. This is the pre-chadish, this is the argument with the Ramah. But he says, he is sowed, that if it's not in Chazal, you kind of come up with your own case somehow, right? So then, now again, how do you equate it to Chazal? Maybe Chazal talked about a similar case. I don't know. But if you have something that's not really found in Chazal, so they say, an example of this, the restaurant. They didn't really have restaurants. They say they had inns, and inns for people sleeping and eating and trave, but that's not a restaurant. So in Mela, a restaurant, again, it's a sniff lahakel with the prechadosh. That's not something they had in Chazal. There's no marasayin on going to an all-food trafe place to buy a soda or use the bathroom. Perhaps that would also be a potential leniency as well. Okay? Okay, so you have to know. You have to, so you have to, again, you have to know, and again, I'm going to mention as we go a couple of examples where this plays in, but you have to be aware the Prechadish says this, Yisod, and that is that if it's not based on a Chazal case, then there's room to be more Mekel as well. In other words, it's not like every situation I create my own Gzeris, and again, it's hard to know how this works, doesn't, how it doesn't work, but we're familiar with this idea sometimes. We don't make our own Gzeris up. So do you say, Marisayan is not our own Gzeris, it's there, and we're just extending it. Or do you say, no, they gave you a number of cases, which is Marisayan, that's the Xeris of Chazal, and now I'm going to come along and make my own idea. That's not so fast. No, many Takanas, many Takanas. Again, fish blood and regular blood. Chazal said that's a problem. So if you find that in Chazal, that would be, that is discovered. 
Okay, so you want to bring examples where we're going to find... Well, again, you're not going to find... The Pichadosh is one of the early Achronim. So you have to find something that, I guess, a Rishon would say is Marasayim, even though it's not Chazal, that's a cash of the Pichadosh. Yeah, so yeah, right. Again, and there might, be, there might be something which is considered an extension, which is pretty similar, so that you have to know. But anyway, just keep this in the back of our minds. That's, that's, lenient, that's leniency number two. And leniency number three, again, so we have the idea that it never was assert. Right? That might be leniency. We have the idea maybe drabonon is leniency. And number three is, no, it was assert, but things changed. Times changed. And that which used to be very confusable is no longer confusable. And that's the rush. The rush, the bottom left of side three, is talking about a sugi of shatnas. And it's talking about, we all know, wool and linen is a problem mixing together. But how bad if it's wool and instead of linen, it's something that looks like linen. The example he's talking about is, is, is threads of silk. So it sounds like originally that was Usr, because it's confusing, Marisayan, but it says the Rosh, and it brought down the Shulchan Aruch as well, the Rosh says, but nowadays, the Rosh's days, goes back hundreds of years, we find plenty of silk things, apparently it was a new thing. So it was a new thing, times changed, so therefore that Marisayan of silk with wool is something which is a thing of the past, says the Rosh, because we find it, and everyone knows that there's silk in stuff, and that could be the thread that looks like Pishton. So if something could be construed as Pishton or silk, that's not Marisayan anymore. If something could be looked at either way, why should you assume it's not good? It has to be something which is assumed to be not good. Okay, and this is going into a lot of variables of cases, so now again, let's go back to the restaurant, Shiloh, for a minute, right? Okay, right. So it might be cases where it's an earlier stage of the suit. You know, you're seeing the sewing. It looks like linen. It's really silk. So you could say that. But anyway, so like, for example, go back to the restaurant case for a second. And this is something which we'll find, Ramosha Feinstein, I think, says this pretty clearly. So, again, you could argue, well, people go to restaurants for bathrooms all the time. Well, do they? Is that like a regular thing? It's like people use silk threads and people use linen threads. Well, if they're both commonly used, okay, so then you could argue it's not Marisayan. But as we'll see, Ramosha Feinstein seems to say this, most people go to Trafe restaurants to eat Trafe. Now, it's possible you're going to the bathroom, it's possible you're just buying a soda, but that's not the normal, logical assumption of your average person. And therefore, that plays in. Let's take a look. Yeah, 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 no, so that's what we're getting. So good, good, so guys, step by step, let's go, we're gonna go through that. That's where it gets confusing, and that's where we're gonna try to lay out as much as we can. Question? So I don't think Maris Echil Hashem, yes, which in general you have to avoid, of course. Maris Ayin, I don't think so, because Chshad is Vizim Nikim, Maris Ayin Chshad, Vizim Nikim Yisrael, and Maris Ayin is, they'll learn from you, which means they have the Isra themselves. Those are according to Ramosha Feinstein. So if it's Goy, unless you say Chshad by Goy, that's more Echil Hashem, which is important, of course, but this particular Sugir, I think, is kind of like not talking about that. Again, Echil Hashem, you have to be careful of anything. If they're going to say negative about you, then that's bad. Maybe, okay, maybe, right. Okay, let's take a look. With, with the background that we have, we have these three leniencies in the postkim, which again, none of them are taken as a carte blanche, you know, oh, it's Drabon, don't worry about it. Or, uh, oh, there's not Chazal, don't worry about it. Because everything's argued by many postkim as well. But when working through a Shiloh, it's good to be aware of these parameters. Ravaji Yosef, in number, side number, page four. So he goes through the sugya of Pyre of Creamers and Pyre of Ice Cream. He was asked to Shiloh. Pyre of Creamer or Ice Cream. Yeah, so they have these things, non-dairy stuff. It looks like milk, right? It looks like ice cream. So he goes through and he quotes basically what we just went through. He says, first of all, you could argue, what's the odds that someone's having 
milk and meat in a derisive type of way when he has his non-dairy creamer, right? You have to be having hot meat or hot milk, right? It's a hot coffee, but so if you're drinking it together with the meat together, maybe. But usually at the end of the meal, you have your coffee. So the idea of waiting six hours, that's all the Rabbanon, right? So, right, so that's what he's saying. So he says, the Rabbah says almond milk or the like. Anytime the whole issue is a, is a Rabbanon, there's leniency. Now the Shach argue. Okay, but I, on the one hand, we have that, number one. Number two, he says this idea of things change. He says, not before the rush, he says that if there's something which people could assume is... He says, he doesn't bring the pre-chadash, I don't think, but he says something which people could assume is very commonly not. That's like the case of, that's the case where I, I could go into the store, like classic case, 7-Eleven. There's plenty of trafe, there's plenty of kosher. I can't walk into a 7-Eleven? I could, because what's the Marisayan? Right? Because everyone, why should you assume I'm getting trafe? So here also, there's so, if there's so much non-dairy creamer out there, so, you, okay, so a lot of people use milk, a lot of people don't use milk. So then, that's not Marisayan, he wants to say, because again, it doesn't look like, there's no reason to assume that that's not kosher. And number three, he brings this to Rush with this idea of the kilayim. So again, that's again, it's a similar idea, that, but the idea is, once it's something that there's no reason to think that someone sees it as bad, likely, so then I don't have to worry about it. So that's what he goes through, and he matters, he matters the, the power of creamers without any recognizable sign or, or package or anything like that. Right, so, so that he didn't discuss. We'll discuss that soon, I think, but right, that would be harder to matter, right? Right, right, that would be harder. I'm not saying you can't matter that badly, that'd be harder because if it's hot together, if it's real meat and, right, or something, or real milk with, no, something that looks like diraisa, right. Now, so most people, most people go with this, right, the best, I discussed this this morning. He said most people don't put a sign when they have, at the end of a meal, they, when they have the, the non-dairy creamers to make sure everyone knows that this is to get rid of the issue of Marisai. Most people don't do that. Although it's not so posh at why you shouldn't have to. Again, according to the Shach, you probably would have to. Again, unless you say, no, because everyone knows. Everyone knows it's not milk. But does everyone know? And again, you have to be worried about the guy who doesn't know so much. The, like you said, the non-religious, and he sees, and he's confused, and he starts saying, oh, I guess that's not such a big deal. He doesn't necessarily... So if it's something where there's no real... Again, that's where it gets into the objective. This little, if, most, if most people know there's two things that exist out there, so then it's, apparently it's not Marisayan anymore, even though you could have a guy that thinks that way, but that seems to not be an issue. Okay, that's what it seems. When things are not... The way Ramosha finds it says that if, if most people do something a certain way, which is the usser way... Like going to a non-kosher restaurant, most people get non-kosher food. That's where there's an issue. 7-Eleven, for example, which not most people go for non-kosher food. They go for anything. So then it avoids the issue. Okay? Now the Bari Ashur, Rafael Kohn Shlita, and his Bari Ashur, and his amazing work on many, many parts of Shulchan Aruch. So he has a hard time with this, this Heter Ravaji Yosef. He says, one second, you're telling me that everyone kind of knows that these creamers exist, and therefore, it's not like it's automatically likely that it's milk, and therefore it's fine. You don't need to have any kind of almonds or packaging next to it to show. He says, let's analyze the Ramah. Very interesting. He says, let's analyze the Ramah. What did the Ramah say? The Ramah said, Nagu, the minig in the world around me is they mix almond milk with chicken. Sounds like it's common. That's the minig. And still, he said, only by a drabonon, by chicken, but by meat. It's a common thing to have almond milk, he seems to say. That's the minig, so that means it's common out there. And still, he said, by meat, you have to have a simon. It's only because the Rabbah of the Ramah said that you could get away with it, according to the Ramah. But by Adiraisa, meat and milk together, you have to show everybody, you have to demonstrate that it's not. So how can you tell me, well, when it's common, then it doesn't exist? It sounds like it's not true. 
So he feels that it's not so partial to be Mako. He does say, this touches back on what we said earlier, he says that there's a chilek between chadre chadarim and in public. Because chadre chadarim, in, in the privacy of your own home, is an extra level of chumrah. So he makes a chilek. He says, certainly by, by a wedding, a lot of people around, he says then you really should put the sign out. Even though Ravaji Yosef didn't make that chilek. He said, you don't have to worry about it. People know this. They're non-dairy creamers. But he said, Rafael Cohen, the minute seems to be mekel. But there's room to be machmir. And as if you see someone doing it, certainly in a large event, so that's not chadre chadarim. In the privacy of your own home, now how do you define privacy of your own home? It sounds like from Rafael Cohen, that doesn't mean you're by yourself. You could have your family around the table, but it's in your house. In your house, is not as much as Mara's sign. But you're out in a public setting, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, something like that, then there would be more of a reason to put the sign up that this is non-dairy creamer. Because that's where Maya Sion takes on a higher level. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't take away, I don't think that takes away from the Maya Sion, I don't think. Because again, if the, if, if the situation, circumstance looks like something which is, yeah, they, they assume that, they assume that Mashkir saying, you'll have to have milk after your, after your meat meal. Because milk is not such a big deal after meat, right? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Again, we're going to see a little bit, that's where it gets confusing. But yeah, this might be someone that sees something which to him looks like it's okay when it's really not. You, 7-Eleven not, right, right, because again, because but that's, right, so that's where it gets a little bit objective. In other words, that's what they're saying, that as long as it's the type of thing which doesn't kind of lean towards us, sir, so then we don't, the Myris Ayan rules don't say, right, so there are parameters here. It's true. You're right. You could say, well, how about the one guy? So it sounds like you don't have to be concerned about the one guy in that type of scenario, right? Even though apparently in the Mishnah, we'll get back to this maybe later, but the Mishnah in Shkolin, the guy goes in for the money. Who's going to think I'm stealing? I'm an upright guy. I mean, I put in my tefillin? Come on, right? Yeah, and still you have to be concerned for the Meshuggah a little bit. So that's where it gets a little confusing, right? So that's, again, that's what the Mishnah Halachas was saying, that, you know, <laughs> after going through it, it's still not so clear. But again, these are some of the at least background parameters, sources. Hopefully, we understand the sugya better. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. So we're going to get talk about that. I think we'll get to that in a second. I don't know if I've ever had it or not, but we'll, let's get to that soon. Okay. I'll tell you what my understanding of it. So okay. So so far, so far, I think so good. Um, now the next thing to discuss then is so how about the shas chak? Okay. In other words, lechachila, better not to go to the McDonald's to the bathroom better to go to a 7-Eleven for the bathroom, right? Because, again, that's something which most people go in, looks like Trave. That's what else are they selling there? You know, the majority is such. So, therefore, that's more of an issue. But let's say I'm stuck. What do you mean? Yeah, if you don't look like a Jew, L'chor doesn't apply. Although, you never know because it could be someone recognizes you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's hard to say that for sure. And one thing I will point out, and I clarify this very best as well, do we ever say a chilek of, well, it depends what I look like. If I look like an upstanding rabbinic fellow, so who's going to be chosh me anything? This doesn't sound like it. Because you don't know, because the person just anything says, oh, so if he's doing that, it must be this not so bad. So, so you can't really go by what you look like. Again, if you hide your identity, it's probably better. Although I don't like recommending hiding identity because it's good to show your Jewishness, I think. Kiddush Hashem. But okay, but for my assigned purposes, perhaps it would be better. Now, if you turn to side six, Ramosha Feinstein, based on this Gemara in Ksubis and Tosas over there. So going back to the restaurant case, we could turn, that's, that, the remote of Tshuva, the restaurant case was side two. So in the top left corner over there, he discusses the restaurant. 
He's talking about the guy, again, in his day, maybe this is more common, or again, a business meeting. I'm not going to buy anything trafe, of course. I'm going in there to get a soda. I'm going to get to eat, to, to eat something kosher. But he says that's not, not so simple. He says, however, he says, there's Marasayan and Chshad. However, if Rav Biyosir, if you're really hungry, Shemitztair Tuva, the middle of the paragraph there, is, he says, if I'm really hungry, I'm in a lot of pain. Now, again, this is obviously subjective, but I'm really thirsty, I'm really hungry, or I really have to go to the bathroom. So, there's nowhere else to get food or drink. I'm stuck. So then you could go in and eat things that are kosher, etc., use the bathroom, etc. Why? Okay, so again, we know it seems that the Marasain is deemed as the Rabbanon. So you have to be careful how you use this, of course. What's that? Not Sakana, no, right, correct. And they, that's the different levels. But Tsar Godol, he says, and Hefsid, we'll talk about that case in a second about business. But Logozer Rabbanon. There's a case in the, that's the case in Ksubis over there, where a person is very sick, he needs to suck milk straight from an animal on Shabbos, which is not okay, but he's going to do it, Kalachayad, whatever it is, it, it gets into a situation which is Rabbanon, says the Gemara, Makam Tsar Logozer Rabbanon. The guy's in real Tsar, though, very thirsty or something, not Sakana. But real tsar, so therefore, mokum tsar, now you can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm paying, let's violate any darabon. You have to use this with care, obviously, and I don't even know how to apply it fully to every other case. But Ramosha Feinstein says, in this situation, Maris Ayan could be relaxed, but mokum tsar tuva, a lot of tsar. But at the end, he says, and if there are people outside that see you and might be wondering, then you should tell them what you're doing there. Okay, to avoid Maris Ayan, you could tell people, by the way, I'm just getting a soda, or I think I remember seeing this somewhere, you walk out with the soda, maybe it's more recognizable. But again, it doesn't matter it. It's just something of a leniency, and definitely it's not the first resort. It's a, it's a second or, or last resort. That's what he said. Otherwise, don't go in there at all, says Ramosha Feinstein. Okay, so that's, that's that. Now, there are those that argue. I think Rav Usher Weiss was quoted, I believe I saw, that says, eh, the McDonald's restaurant, you could argue. People know. People go for the restaurant. Now, again, if it's a rest area and there's a restaurant there and there's also McDonald's, that's more lenient because... People go there for everything. They go for the bathroom. They go for this. But if it's, a rest, if it's a restaurant on the side of the street, and you're walking down the street, and you just need the bathroom, so most people don't go for the bathroom only. So, right, they don't even let sometimes. You're not a customer, right? So, so that's already more tricky. But again, it sounds like that some might be making with this. Also, again, based on the principle we said, that is it so clear? Does it really look like something bad? Maybe not. But again, one should probably be machbir, it would seem, based on Ramosha Feinstein. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so walking through. That's a... That's a as long as it's paths, as long as it's paths different ways. That's one of the cases where I didn't quote, Ramosha quotes the case when there's one direct road to the church, to Avodah Zara, there's only one road, there's only one thing at the end of that road, he says, that's a big problem. The Gemara says, that's a big problem because where else are you going? He says, that's not my sign. No one thinks you can do Avodah Zara, chas v'shalom, but it's chashad. Right? No one's, no one's going to learn from you to do Avodah Zara because no, I would never do that, but it's still chashad. This example he gives that it's not my sign, they're not learning from you, but it's chashad. Because what else are you going for? So that's an example he brings. It gets complicated. Let's, let's just, we have to move now. Ramosha Feinstein in the middle chuva over here. Very fascinating case. And this just, again, throws a curveball into things, but a very fascinating, subtle chilek. You ready for this one? He's talking about the case. This goes back to, I think, around 1960. What's very fascinating about this is he, he writes the Shoel's name, which he always does, unless it's a very private type of chuva. He won't write the person's name. And here, the Shoel, this Rav Shalom Ruvain, he wrote him a letter because he saw Ramosha Feinstein who lived in Lower East Side and lived a couple of blocks away from MTJ, the yeshiva, and Erev Shabbos, after Lichbenching, Reb Moshe got in the car. So says the Shoel, he says, Rebbe, says, please, you know, I don't mean to correct you, but I don't understand, isn't that Marasayan? Lichbenching, people think it's Shabbos after Lichbenching, whether it is or not, people might make that mistake, 
and therefore they think you're not, you can't do it, you're doing it, terrible, how can you do that? So he appreciates the tochacha, he says, I appreciate you reprimanding me, and then he goes on to say, he says, you're making a mistake in Marasayin. You ready? He says, no. Look at the lines in the middle here. He says, based on, again, I discussed Marasayin and Chshad, he says, he says, Beholich bekar achad lakas neiros, Okay, no, I'm in the wrong... Okay, no, it's the right side, the right column here, the first one. The second one is connected to it. The one on the right. He says, thank you so much for the tochacha. And then he says, Iser maris ayin hu rak bedover shenase zeh barov pa'amim ba'ofen sh'aser. You're doing something which, usually people do that for something aser. McDonald's, most people go to eat treif, for example. And I'm doing something mutter. I'm going to get a soda. I'm not doing it, but it, most people do that thing for something aser. That's maris ayin. But in this situation, or the case of the clothing, it gets wet. Most people hang out their clothes to dry from laundry. Some don't, but most do. That's a problem. However, to do something which is mutter, and most people know it's mutter, just some people make a mistake and they think that what you're doing is usr. You think, some people think that getting in a car after lich punching is usr. He says, that's not my assignment. He says, that's, he, says, he says, everyone knows, for the most part, that women are Mechabal Shabbos with lich benching. Men are not until very close to Shkia. Maybe a minute or two before Shkia, he says. He says, but I got in the car. He gives the minutes. He says, I got in the car 11 minutes before Shkia, and it's a two-minute trip. I could have gone back and forth three, four times to the yeshiva. He says, that is something which is clear. It's mutter. And some people make a mistake and think that's usr. You hear the subtlety? It's not pshat that I'm doing something which people normally do for usr, and I'm doing it. I'm doing a mutter thing there, which is not the common cause. I'm doing something which people think, most people think, it's mutter. And no, it's mutter. One guy makes a mistake and thinks it's usr. It's not usr. So he says, that's mutter. That's not marasayin. Right? What do you mean? Someone might make a mistake. What? Right? There's no... Well, going, ba- going to the bathroom is also no usr. If they copy you, they're not doing ravera. Right. Well, that's alt, right. That's Asmarasan. I guess that's the logic a little bit. You're not going to. So if you end up doing it, what's the big deal, right? So he says. That's what he says. Then he says. But the, at the end, he says. But because you're saying people might do it, I'm going to stop going in the car after lich benching. And that's what he says from then on. You know. Now, I think he was about 60 years old at this time. You know, he wasn't young, but he wasn't so old. But this is what he says. And he adds a point. I thought it was interesting. He says in the next tube in the middle. He says he adds to this piece. He says. There might be a benefit of going in the car after lich benching. Why? Because this way people know that it's mutter. I'm teaching them something they don't know. Throws that in there. Right? No, I, they should know. They're making a mistake in halacha. So I should stop doing it because they make a mistake. If I care, let them learn it's right. So this is what he says. Very inter- Again, this is another interesting point of Ramosha Feinstein, analyzing Marisai and Bi'iyun. Again, here he also mentions the idea of chshad might be a diraisa because based on Nisan Nakim, might be a diraisa. Fine. But that's what he ends up saying. Um, another interesting case, which, again, it throws a curveball into this because he says a line that, you know, ain't the so you can't go crazy with this. How careful are you going to be? Everything you can't do because someone's going to say something. The case was a guy wanted to stay in an Almana's house, Shiloh potential Yichud, but she's not home. And they don't know that. So he wants to say, there's many haterim to Yichud anyway. There's ways to get around it. So he says that, Lachora, you don't have to go crazy with that. He says, and let's say there are two or three people in the house and there's no Yichud. But someone doesn't realize there's two or three people in the house, and therefore they start thinking there's a yichud problem. So he says, ain't the so he says, it's okay. Right? So he gives a case where he basically says, even though what do you mean? It looks, people are going to possibly say, so only a few people, what's the get? Is it a, num- a numbers game? Not entirely clear. Let's just wrap it up. So he says, two more points. <clears throat> oh, so then I, so why are we so careful with the Shkolem case? Right here. Who's going to say the guy is siphoning off money from the base on Mikdash, an upstanding person that works in the base on Mikdash? They're not going to hire, they're not going to let anyone do that job. It's got to be a trustworthy. And they're going to say he's stealing coins from the base on Mikdash, putting his till in. It's just so crazy, right? So, so I saw someone bring down that they, 
They asked the Shailat of Usherwise, and he said, Tzarechiyin, it could be when it comes to money of the tzibur, you have to be extra careful. You're dealing with money of the tzibur, you've got to cross every T, that every I, make sure no one can say anything. That's extra. When it comes to kashras, okay, not the same level of astringency perhaps. But that's anyway, again, he says, Tzarechiyin, it's hard to know how far do you go. Again, the chshad concept, maybe it's not Marasayan, the chshad, even one guy. Right, that's the famous Chassam Sofer, which I put, put over here. Famous Chassam Sofer, where he says that it's so hard to fulfill that Pasuk, to be Naki in Hashem's eyes, that I could do. To be Naki in people's eyes, there's so many crazy people. He calls them Shosei Sheikhar, the, 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 the beer-drinking people, the drunkards. They'll say something critical about me. I'm supposed to avoid that. How can I fulfill this Pasuk? He's, my whole life I wonder about this. Chassam Sofer writes this. It's so hard to fulfill that. You've got to do the best you can. Right? The anecdote I like to always say over about the boy, his father, and the donkey. So the boy is riding on the donkey, and the father's walking nearby, and, and the, the, the passers-by see this. They say, how can you do that to your father? He walks, you sit like a prince. So okay, so he switches, and he gets, the father gets on the donkey, and the, the boy's walking nearby, and then a few minutes later, someone else says, this is what you do, this is what you do, you let your little son walk while you sit on the donkey like a king. So a few minutes later, so they, said, they, they both sit on the donkey, a few minutes later, someone says, Poor donkey, have a on the donkey so much weight. So what are they supposed to do? So they take the donkey, they put it on both of their shoulders, and they walk like that. Right? The idea being, of course, that what you can't make everybody happy, but you gotta try. You gotta try. Al we have to go the extra mile, make sure no one can say anything negative. Myra sign might be limited, people are gonna actually learn from it or not. But we gotta do the best we can. We'll end with you wanted to talk about the uh, the fake food. So <clears throat> yeah. So again, back to creamers. Seems most people are makel, Ravadja says it, others say it. In a restaurant, business meetings, so they use Ramosha's Feinstein. He says, if it's a question of your job, and you're afraid of losing your job, so it's a real Hefzid Godel, Tsar Godel, Hefzid Godel, so you can be Mekel. But you should try to tell people. That's right, best I asked him this question. He said, you should try to tell people that I'm not eating anything, you know, make it clear, and no one should learn from you. I guess if the other Jews there, they might, might, not, might not care, maybe. But either way, so that's, the, in other words, there is a leniency of Marasayan <clears throat> when, even by a Deiraisa type of thing, but if it's Tsar Godel, so then, okay, so then you have to, sometimes you have to use it. But you have to be careful with that. Better not to go. Better to avoid the meeting if it's not going to affect your job. That's what they say. Um, okay, and now, <clears throat> in terms of, in terms of the Reform Shul, so Ramosha Feinstein adds a far over there, the Reform Shul, and this gets into the vegan restaurants. So some things you'll say, okay, there's plenty of trafe over there, but there's also kosher things there, so it's true in a vegetable restaurant, this probably is possible trafe over there. But if anything, you have to be more careful maybe. So you could say 7-Eleven. Or you could say no, because people will learn from here. Or I could go to a vegan restaurant. And they don't know about the oils. They don't know about the other subtleties that might be a problem. So you have to be more careful. So that does play in. In other words, something which could be more complex to the average onlooker. And he'll quickly say, oh, I guess it's okay to do that. So that might be more of an issue. So it's very tricky. Reform was big in his days. So he's saying, so you have to be extra careful then, even if you get out of the problem one way. But yeah, but reform, people don't know. And it's, quickly, it's, it's, it's rising in the country. And last but not least, <clears throat> we'll talk about this, the last page seven. So we have Ravosner on the schnitzel, power of schnitzel with cheese. So just to see the way they say it. Power of schnitzel with cheese. He says, it's very clear. Everyone knows there's something called uh, soy chicken. Again, it's considered well-known. And therefore, he says, they weren't goes around such things. People know it's drabonon, anyway, chicken. He throws that in there. And then he says, it's a limutschus, at least, on those who do it. Would he recommend it? Maybe not. But he says, limutschus it is. And then you have, you have the uh, Mishnah Halachas here, ending that piece again with the margarine. So he also says, it seems that people are making with these things. Must be people realize with the dairy creamers and the fake, the fake foods. People must see that it's okay. Now, there is a whole Shailan Hashkafa, by the way, based on this Gemara in Chulin, another Chazal, right, the famous Gemara in Chulin about the Yalsa. She says, 
Hashem made something mutter for everything that's usher. Something that's usher, there's a heter. Hashem gave us the opportunity to taste everything that's usher. So blood is usher, but there's liver. Um, the the uh, other things are usher. A pig is usher, there's a certain brain of a fish that tastes like that. And she says, but how about basar v'cholov? So that's the kachal, that's the udder. The udder from the cow, basar v'cholov. So there we have an example. So she says, that's what she wants. So you see, it's not, it's not necessarily wrong. Someone wants to taste something that tastes straight. So they make all these mock things that taste straight. So is it hashkafically wrong? So this Gemara seems like maybe not. But I saw someone say, Reb Zev left. I was doing some research on this. Some are against it. They, they quote Reb Chaim Kanyevsky as saying that the mock crab and shrimp, it's mutter. Doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Okay, maybe some of you want to say it's even a good thing to do. But okay, and they quote Matis Yo Salomon and some others that no, it's not, it's not appropriate. Better stay away. Why do you need every taiva, everything? Okay, and then I saw of Zev Lef from, from Eretz Yisrael. So, so he says that it depends why you're doing it. If you want to just taste it, you want to see what it tastes like in your own home, it's one thing. But if you want to mimic the Goyim, and certainly you want to bring it out to an affair, to a, to a dinner, to this, you know, because that's for everybody. He says that he has a problem with a little bit more because uh, that's already more just to copy the guy. The guy to serve this, we've got to serve it too. That, that, that's not a good... Uh, you want to taste it, you're curious. That's what he says. And this is interesting. We'll end with this. Very interesting. Rishlomo Zalman Arbach on this topic of... The topic of Yom Kippur shoes that look like leather shoes. So if you take a look at this, now with all the background that we have behind us, it's interesting. I'm still not sure I understand why he's machmir, but he tells you why. And he says, to wear shoes that are synthetic, but look like leather shoes, he says, he says as follows. The second paragraph at the bottom right corner, side seven. saying this years ago. He says, he says, it looks like an iser, therefore it's usser. So therefore, fish blood or almond milk with meat, it's a problem. So I hear that a shoe that looks like leather since it looks like leather, unless it doesn't look like leather, but if it looks like leather, see, he doesn't go with the fact that, but everyone knows there's shoes that don't look like leather, right? There, everyone knows there's non-dairy creamers. He doesn't go with that, interestingly. So maybe it's a question of how much they know, how much they think. But he says that l'chorah is very doma to the case of Chazal, He's, and he throws this in. He says there are things in Chazal which on Yom Kippur, they have maris ayin. So that touches what we said before. In other words, that's a case that Chazal talked about, a maris ayin on Yom Kippur. That makes it worse, as opposed to a created Marasai and was more lenient. But since he says they discussed Marasai by Yom Kippur, he says, I would ask her the shoes that look like leather shoes. He feels it's usher. Others matirid. I saw others matirid. But he says, again, so something which is found in Chazal, and even though one could argue, listen, but there's other things that look the same that are okay, so there's room to be lenient. He's machmir on this. Again, it's a little confusing, but that's what he says. So, again, these are some of the background parameters some of the Marmakomos, this goes into a Shiloh. I hope it helped a little bit, and each case has to be asked individually, of course, but um, hopefully will be clean in the eyes of Hashem and people with this in mind. Yashikayach.